0: strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com slash BE. That's IXL.com slash BE.
1: Welcome to Changemaker EDU, a podcast that inspires powerful individual and collective transformation by sharing leadership personal development and education change making ideas and stories to ignite people like you to create the change deep within your soul embody your calling and bring your dreams to life i'm your host david k richards and i share wisdom for my 25 plus years as an education innovator school founder and CEO, mindset teacher, and leadership coach, but also interviewing other diverse paradigm shifters. Join me in our grassroots movement to create lasting impact, one education changemaker at a time. All right, guys, we just had a great conversation. I'm here with Steve Buzzard. And as always, I'd love to hear from him. What are the key takeaways he thinks you're gonna get if you continue listening to this podcast conversation?
2: Well, thank you, David. Yeah, I think it's the word experience. I I think that truly is what you're going to take away. And uh, what I hope you also grab is the fact that when we use that word experience, it can be done in all facets. You know, in the case of what we're gonna be talking about, it's about a youth basketball camp. It's about a youth basketball league. But again, that is only the vehicle the bigger picture, which are life skills. So whether it's a different kind of sport, it doesn't matter whether it's in a school that works too. If it's in your workplace, it can be done anywhere. The key is, is that we need motivated people that really want to make this positive change. And I'll say specifically for kids. Yes. But again, adults could be in that as well. So the focus on the experience, that's what
1: it's all about. Awesome, which makes perfect sense because he has a podcast called Experience the Buzz. (laughs) And I would summarize the conversation by saying that Steve is a perfect example of a passionate entrepreneur, meaning that work doesn't even feel like work. And he works a lot because he's got so many different projects going on. And it's a reflection of what he loves to do. It's an emanation of his deep heart and what he loves about serving and so you will hear about all the different ins and outs of him creating this super successful basketball league and camp and his other ventures. But most importantly, you're going to get a taste of his heart and what he really believes about kids. And there's a great story about my daughter. So you can't miss that. Can't miss that, <laughs> and, just, and all these great little tidbits about how to run a successful business. And again, how to just be true to yourself, which is one of my big, my big lines. So thanks so much, Steve.
2: I love it. Thank you, David.
1: All right. Welcome everyone to Changemaker EDU. Super excited to be here today with Steve Buzzard. How are you doing, Steve? Doing great. Nice to be here, David. Awesome. As always, I'm like, let's hit record because we start having a great conversation. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let me read Steve's bio and then we'll get right into it here. Steve Buzzard is a passionate entrepreneur who loves to do many things. This is one of the things I love about you. You totally bust the narrative that you have to niche down. He is in his 27th year of teaching PE and being an athletic director. He actually came out of retirement to do this. (laughs) He's had the honor of running buzzer ball youth basketball, which consists of a summer camp that he's had for 27 years, winter league for 17 years, the summer league for the last three. He's also a DJ and auctioneer, and he's enjoyed that way of life for nearly 20 years. So I want to get into, I definitely want to get into buzzer ball because I have a lot of great stories about that and hear his entrepreneurial lifestyle with his other projects. He also has a podcast called Experience the Buzz. Great name. (laughs) You can see it in the back if you're on the video. He is also passionate. He actually started with sports broadcasting. He attended St. John Vianney, Christian Brothers, and USC, and then worked 14 years in the industry on 1240 KSAC and Sports 1140 KHTK. He worked for the Sacramento Kings, And had the honor of being the voice of UC Davis football, Sacramento Knights indoor soccer, and the public address announcer for the Sacramento Capitals tennis team. He loves what he does, in case that's not obvious. All right, Steve, great to have you on. And I am so curious how you go from being a broadcaster, like a lot of little kids' dreams, right? I wanna sit there and I wanna call the game. If I can't make it to the NBA, I wanna call the NBA. And there you are living the dream. And for some reason, you switched to education. So tell us that story.
2: Yeah, I, uh, it was the calling, but it wasn't the it was a calling that I actually saw because when you're pursuing a dream, you're going to pursue it hard, right? To get to where yes. you want. So to put that um, in perspective, my goal was to be a play-by-play announcer whether it be on TV or radio, I was more drawn to radio. And uh, I was here in Sacramento at the time. My family was starting to grow, had my two boys, not my daughter yet. And uh, if you check around in Sacramento, a guy named Gary Gerald, Oh yeah. He's still doing it. He's been there since day nice. one. Right. Yeah. Up until the time he left, although he was on the TV side, uh, it wasn't going to happen in Sacramento. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, it was one of those things where I actually worked at the 1240 KSAC, which you mentioned, and I was really just trying to kind of make my way. So you mentioned the UC Davis Sacramento. Nice. I was just like, what can I do? Right. Yeah. And just to kind of hone my craft, and uh, one day the general manager came in and and just came out with this question, gathered us all around and said, is there anybody in the room that speaks Spanish? And we're like, what? <laughs> like literally out of left field. And we're okay. kind of looking at each other and me being still young in my young 20s and stuff. I'm like, I took eight years. You're like I'm trying to take this serious, right? I took eight years, but I don't know much. Well, the gist of it was, is that they were going to switch from all sports to all Spanish. Mm, okay? Got it. So that means basically you don't have a job. Yeah. So, that was the part of the blessing is because I'm like, what do I do? I try to pursue other things. I was starting to work with sports, 1140 KHDK, but my wife, Kristen suggested, well, why don't you get into teaching? I'm like teaching. I don't have a degree. And she's like, well, you don't have to have a degree. You can actually sub. Yeah. And then if you work in a private school, you, you more than likely don't have to have one. So I spent a year in the Elk Grove district and I tried it all tried little kids, middle school, high yeah. school. Quickly found out high school, uh-uh. middle school, uh-uh. little kids. That was my draw. Oh, nice. And um, I was subbing uh, within the Elk Grove District, but then was subbing at St. Michael's where one of my sister-in-laws worked, uh, Lori uh, Simus at the time. And uh turns out that once you sub and they like you, they're mm-hmm. going to invite you back. Oh, so I I know I'm about there this. on the daily. Yep. And at the end of the school year, guess what? They offered me a job. So I took yes. it. Now, once I took it, I still had in my head the kind of like, I'll do this for three to five years, but I'm still going right. broadcasting, yeah. right? And so that didn't pan out quite the way I wanted. It was a great run but I essentially got to a point where it was like, okay, this is it. And I just fully switched to education. And then once I was in education, teaching PE, uh, it was like, okay, how do I bring my passion over to the school side. And that kind of started with me starting the summer camps. And that's a whole different story. So it's (laughs) kind of this ebb and flow. So maybe I'll stop there and then a question there. I can continue on because it is pretty amazing when I look back on how it all worked out. But I just realized, David, it was my calling.
1: It was your calling. And you know that I'm big on that. And I, I think I haven't heard the full story. I didn't, you know, sometimes our calling comes from some sort of uh some bad thing happening right so you lost your job and then of course i mean can we imagine you not starting buzzer ball or being at st michael's for all those years so it's obviously a blessing that you lost your job and so you you felt like you were going to stay in broadcasting so then what happened so then did you just decide you didn't want to go back or it just didn't happen
2: well, the pursuit was still there. So I will say that my, my favorite moment was that I did get a job. I got one accepted job, which when you are pursuing a dream, um, it's it, it's a feeling like no other. So I remember we were driving down to Disneyland and I had the two boys again. My daughter, Riley, hadn't been born yet and got a call from the WNBA's Minnesota Lynx. OK. And they called me and they said, Steve, we like what you have, we'd love to hire you, okay? Now, with that said, you know, I'm giddy, I'm joyful, but quickly realized, okay, you've got a family, right? WNBA, they were just in their beginning years. And so I knew the money wasn't going to be big. I'd be moving to a different state and really having to start all over, which everybody was in for. So my tagline was, okay, that is great. Is there anything that I can do with the Minnesota Timberwolves? Uh, Which, by the way, at the time, the play-by-play announcer was Kevin Harlan, who's the national man now. But I was hoping, man, there might be an opportunity I get to work with him. Well, they yeah. told me they said they had nothing. Okay. So basically, it was okay. You had the Lynx job, you make maybe about ten thousand dollars, and the WNBA played three months out of the year during the right. summer. And I just came to a decision that that wasn't going to work. But I will say it was a great moment. So yeah. you know, I was loving that. But then I just I was doing what I was doing with the Kings, which at the time. You know, I was the public address announcer, which a lot of people don't know. So I took over for Fred Anderson when he passed away. And I did the PA for the 1999 strike shortened season when we lost to the Utah Jazz. And then I did it in the year 2000. Then they had what was a public uh, tryout. And they asked me to be a part of it. And I'm like, well, wait, that's that's not a win-win for me. That's a lose-lose. Because if I win, then I was supposed to win because I'm supposed to be The professional, right? Right. I've already done it for two years. And if I lose, then who am I losing to? Some average Joe off the street. I didn't want to put myself in that position, nor did I want to do that because a lot of people said, well, Steve, that's the greatest job ever. And I'm all, well, let me just fill you in. It pays $50 a game. So that's 41 games times 50. You do the math. I'm not making a lot of money. And so I wanted to do the radio side. So I pushed really hard to be in the post game. And I ended up doing the post game show on radio for a couple years. But what was happening is there was no movement outside of that. I couldn't be play by play. And I really just came to a decision that it was probably going to end. And I actually got forced out because there was this call that I got to this day. I don't even know who that person was that called me that said, we're going a different direction. Uh So it was the combination of me knowing getting that call to say, you know what, there's something different
1: on this side of the road. And that's the way I went. Wow. Okay. I haven't heard all this story before. So then when did buzzard ball, the, uh, the league or the camp, which one's been going long? Well, we'll start with the camp. The camp has been going for 27 years. So that sounds like that was over happening around the same time, maybe. Right.
2: And how that began that the, the camp was just a summer idea. It was just summer idea that the school was going to run. So in its first year, it may not have been called buzzer ball, but I just said it was buzzer ball, you know, because that's eventually it was going to be. So we literally had, I don't know, maybe 20 kids. I think about a fourth of them, a quarter of them were my nieces and nephews. You know how it goes when you try to start. We were inside, outside. And so we were at St. Michael's for the first five years. Okay. Okay. Now, here's the other blessing. Blessing number two comes up. The school goes under construction, like major construction. All right. To a point where they say, yeah, we can't have the camp again. I said, "Okay. well, what if I find another venue? And if I do so, can I just take it? And I got the blessing from the headmaster at the time, which is Father Jesse Vaughn. And so I took it to Arden Church of the Nazarene, which locals will know. The carpeted gym. Yes,
1: right? we had practice yes. there when Kyle was in kindergarten.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I was at the carpeted gym for many, many years, and actually, that's where I grew it. I grew it there, okay. and um, another blessing came into play when the custodian, who was not a big fan of us, because you know we were bringing in snacks and there was Gatorade, <laughs> and Gatorade and carpet don't mix too well. No. So he kind of complained to the pastor, like, hey, we should raise their rates. And so that's what they did. They raised the rates. And by this time, St. Michael's was ready to go. So I brought it back to St. Michael's. So I was at St. Michael's all the way through COVID. And then once COVID was over, uh, St. Michael's wasn't ready to receive Buzzer Ball back again just because they were still in that. And then that's when I found Sport Course Fitness. And that will be our home for the rest of my life.
1: Yes. And we timed this terribly wrong because. We moved two blocks from St. Michael's and then you moved away. Right. <laughs> so right. Really not about my own personal driving, but yeah, we literally drive to sports court every single day, every single week, as you know, because both uh, of my kids are in it every day. And I'm like, they could literally walk. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. So um, as, so then you, okay. So you're at St. Michael's now you're doing buzzer ball. So after broadcasting, you were kind of like phasing out when you started buzzer ball. Is right. that what's happening? Okay. And now, here's another really great part of the story. If I remember correctly, just a few years ago, did you go from like three hundred kids to a thousand? What was the number and the timeline on that?
2: Yeah, we had a we had big jump. I mean, the last couple of years i mean our our numbers have just exploded and and honestly, it is all word of mouth. It's all yeah. word of mouth. That's yeah. all it is. and so Let's just take what has happened recently. So we just finished up the summer of 2023, and we had 1,080 come through, okay? The year before, we were at 910. The year before that, we were at 740. Before COVID, so going back to 2019, I think it was somewhere in the 500 range. Okay. And so I think the jump from St. Michael's to Sport courts fitness really helped us. Oh yeah. Uh, because what it did is it made us more central to yes. other areas around. Yeah. You know, so when you look at schools represented, um, it's well over a hundred schools represented. I mean, oh, we, wow. we got people from all over the place. And the same thing is happening with the winter leaves. So I've always said I will take on what I can handle. And I haven't been able to put a cap on it yet because I'm still here and I'm doing okay. And it's fine. So until I figure out what that threshold is, my goal is I want to share what buzzer ball is with as many kids and as
1: many families as possible. Yeah. And what I love about it, so many things I love about it, but the growth is a testament to the quality. And I remember with the league, at least, Several years ago, I don't know, maybe five, when I called you before I think we knew each other as well. You you hadn't been in the men's group right and I think I just called you and I said, we're doing some other leagues. And I just really wanted to let you know that you've got something really great going on here around your culture. And it's it's something that you can't replicate when you do like a, you know, a parks and rec program or even another private program that charges five, five, 10 times, you know, a lot more money. Because there's something that you're doing. And this is where I want people to listen very carefully because I just released an episode next week. An episode's coming out where I do a solo and I'm talking about how you try and really get clear within your heart about what wants to express through you. And then when you express that in the world, it reflects your highest values and what you really believe in and who you really are. So I look at buzzard ball. If I take a step back and I look at buzzard ball, it is a direct reflection of your values. And who you are and that's why in my opinion that's one of the reasons why it's so incredibly successful i love it so much
2: <laughs> yes. no i do i mean i, I truly do. do and after 27 years of doing the camp and then 17 years of doing the league which are by the way two different animals yes uh, and so it's got a diff- different rhythm to it it's like it never gets old it's interesting we were just watching like instagram videos from years past of the summer And we were almost looking at each other, me and my kids were saying, man, we need to get some of that back. Yet we are doing things that are still really good and really fun. But it's interesting to look back and say, man, we were doing that, you know. And so always being on top of what can we do to enhance the experience. So that is my buzzword. It's in my podcast. I use it with everything when I DJ, when I auction, I will always use the word experience. And that's what makes us different from any other. So we'll take the winter league. What do we get to do? We get to play our championships at Golden One Center. Why is that a big deal? Well, I don't know. You ask me. If I'm a kid and I've got six opportunities from third grade to eighth grade to play at Golden One Center, you don't think I'm going to be hyped about that? Yes. Of course. Summer camp kid has never scored a basket. They score their first basket. We stop camp. We bring the coaches over. We make an announcement. Yeah. We take a picture. We solidify that moment. It's those types of things that yeah. to me, just make the difference and they're worth it. They're small things, but they make a tremendous difference. And, you know, I think I just harken back to like my favorite moments as a kid in yeah. sports and I can, I can tell you what they are yes. in a heartbeat. And that's when I do this, I want to make sure that we can do that for kids. That's why we personalize everything. We're on the microphone. Yes. We are talking about the kids. We tell them. We call them by first name. We know everybody. Oh, yes. So do. the personalization to me is probably the biggest piece of what we do.
1: Well, and you still know each, everybody, even though you've grown to, you know, like I think over a thousand in the league and a thousand right. in the camps. So that's really amazing. And I love how it's the, the culture is so evident in what you do. And it's clear, like you said, you know, everyone's names, you stop. Oh, you bring in your broadcasting experience. I mean, that's, you have unique flavor, right? You know, that when you go to the championship games on Fridays for the summer league, that Steve or one of the buzzard sons will be on the mic and, (laughs) and everyone's going to feel like you're watching, you know, a professional game, you know? And so that's a great element. And then the golden one piece for the league. And, and then I think the other piece that's really important for people to hear is that a lot of people I'm talking to have maybe started something in the last five years, but you've endured now for 27 years, 17 years for the league. And Rome wasn't built in a day. And there's a reason why everyone uses that saying, because like you said, you started out with 10 or 15 kids and, you know, relatives and doing this kind of thing. And I always remind people that it takes a while to build something. Cause we, what we do is we look at people and we think, Oh, wow. I wish I could be Steve buzzard. I wish I could, you know, run this business and have all these people coming to me. It's so easy, right, Steve? (laughs) But, you know, people will hold you up and say, I wish I could be him. And what we forget to think about when we're doing that little compare and despair moment is that Steve Buzzard has worked his butt off for years to sustain this and to respond to everybody's text and email. By the way, you have a reputation for being a hyper responder. And I say, well, I'm a hyper responder and he's good. (laughs) <laughs> you will it's get a weird response. for me to
2: say that I actually love emails. It is so <laughs> weird to say, but it's
1: true. It's true. But because I mean, it helps you thing. because you're allowed. You're that allows you to offer excellent customer service, yep. right? you, you know, you're not have to wait too long, even right. though you're managing all these different pieces. But that's hard work, and that's a work ethic that, again, reflecting your values.
2: And let me tell you what I'm going yeah. through right now. So we are yeah. we are launching the Winter League, yeah. and you know it just launched on August 15th, and we're up over 200 registrations. What wow. people don't know is that I could find a system that would take that information and just fill it in. Yeah. Right? I don't do that. I actually do it one registration at a time. I have a workflow that takes the information, puts it into my Google contacts. And then I go from there to my database where I put in like the stats of what division they're in and put yeah. in all of their information to then what is called a worksheet where I'm placing them on teams, finding out who's coaching. Yeah. I do that for every single person to give you an idea, because I, I calculated this. I can do about 18 to 20 kids in an hour. So oh, wow. we will have over again, thousand, eleven 1, hundred kids, over hundred teams. That but that matters to me. That matters to me because what it does when I do that process, it personalizes it for me. That when I see a name, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I remember that person wanted to be with this kid. You know, if I have no touch on that, then I have no idea. Yeah. And so that personal personalization piece is huge. And I'm glad you brought up the customer service. I'm gonna be vulnerable right now and tell you I had a very big moment probably in year. I don't know, year seven or eight of the winter league. Yeah, and I'm very A-type, and I like to dot my eyes and cross my T's. Yeah. And this mom calls me, and she says, "Yeah, we're here at our middle school, and there's no one here." And da 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 da, right? And I'm like, I just, I'm like, I, I was calm at first, but then she said something kind of little snarky or whatever, right? You know, yeah. whatever. And everybody's different, and I blew up on her. I just yeah. blew up on her for no reason. And I was done and I was like, fuming. I come into the house and my wife looks at me and she goes, Steve, what was that? I right. go, what do you mean? She was wrong. She was wrong. She's all, you run the business. And if you do that with people, you are not going to have a business anymore. Right. And it was in that moment that everything switched for me. So no matter if I get an email and I may be 100% right my response is completely different. I will always make sure that I take care of the customer. And not only that, make sure that they feel comfortable and that I am helping them and not telling them maybe what they did wrong or said wrong or, or this, Hey, I can't find this. Well, it's right here on the website would be (laughs) the natural reaction, right? No, I have to tell myself, okay, Steve, why are they asking that question? Because that is maybe a reflection on you of how can you communicate that better So the combination of making sure I have a great website, good social media presence that is positive and gives information to responding to emails that is all part of the universe.
1: It's part of the experience and I think what's really important to call out is that people you said you want to make people feel comfortable and you know everyone's name and you know in my in the charter schools I've run, one of our core values is that we will know students really, every student is well-known, every family is well-known. So it doesn't feel like a big public school where there's 2000 kids and you walk in and the secretary is the gatekeeper. And she, if you're lucky that day, she'll be nice to you tomorrow. She'll throw something at you. You know, it's really about all these small things that make a difference. Right. So that, that example of, you know, you getting upset with the mom who probably knowing you, you had it all laid out clearly (laughs) it was definitely her fault, but regardless that's the kind of stuff that builds your reputation. And that's the kind of stuff that people talk about it. And people say, like, oh yeah, Steve Buzzer, like when you said you went off on a parent, I'm like, wait, Steve Buzzer went off on a parent. Like, I can't even I can't even imagine that. Right. So yeah. But it's but it's the again, but it's a reflection of your own values. It's a reflection of what you believe in. It's a reflection of your passion because you started it because you're the entrepreneur. And the other thing that I find very interesting is that. When some, I remember going to this training years ago at, um, let's see, the business school at Northwestern, the Kellogg school, when I was first becoming a principal and they said, there's an entrepreneur that scales and there's an entrepreneur that is like a mom and pop. And those are the two types of entrepreneurs. And that really stuck with me because my dad's a small business owner and he had no interest. It's been him and his, my sister, his daughter for 30 years. And so similar to you, it's a family business. But what I've been impressed with is that you have grown very, quickly and still maintain the quality and you're still able to pull it off because a lot of small business owners like you would, it would just have fallen apart. You either would have just said no and capped it, or you would have just tried it and it would have fallen apart. So you're adaptable and you're able to do it, which I'm impressed with.
2: Well, and thank you for that because it goes back to the experience thing, which is I think a key part because what happens is like, you know, I'm just thinking of this summer, like we tested the numbers. Like there's some things where you go, Okay. How far can we push this? And can we still maintain the product? So our big, our big one that happened this year was we had 88 kids. So our normal, like when you think of buzzer ball, buzzer ball in the summer is usually a 40 to 45 kid experience. Okay. And we pushed that number to 56 we had 88 and we're all looking at each other like, okay, can we do this? And all you do, and here's the great thing because my assistant coach as well, Three of my kids, all three of my kids are part yeah. of it. They That's grew awesome. up in it, so they know it as well as I do. And all the coaches on our coaching staff at one time were buzzer ball campers. Which is so, how
1: you maintain the culture, which exactly, I love. Exactly,
2: yeah. exactly. And so we said, okay, what's the solution? Well, we just went from four teams to, okay, let's try a six team experience, right? Because my big thing is I don't want people sitting for too long. That's that's a big thing. That's a PE teacher thing that I kind of come to, and you know what? It ended up being great, and so it was like, okay, great, because that's the thing is we we as a staff, we just talk about okay, we just want to make sure we don't lose what we're all about. When we do that, then we just got yeah, maybe we do have to cap it, but I have to say, so far so good. So we've been very lucky, very blessed
1: in that in that distinction. Yes, and I told you before we hit record, I said. If schools, you know, I'm talking all these changemakers that maybe launch schools or launching other programs like yours, and I'm really hoping that this podcast will inspire them and think like, oh, I, I can do some version of this, or I could do something, you know, similar. And I said before we hit record that if a lot of schools could do what you do with Butterball, that'd be amazing. Again, because every kid is known because they're they feel loved, they feel comfortable, they feel safe. And you did put something in an email that I received yesterday or today. I can't believe that it's already time to sign up for the winter league, but I'll read it. You said, while basketball is our vehicle in a safe environment, the bigger picture is developing life skills like leadership, being a good teammate, how to win and lose properly, overcoming adversity, and celebrating moments and victories. So right there, you're basically saying this is not going to be a basketball league where it's all about winning and losing and kids are getting yelled at and all that kind of stuff that you see out there. But this is going to be about life lessons, which I love.
2: Yep. And I, you know what? And I will say with the winter league, especially the last two years, that has been the biggest challenge because when you have this whole new group of people coming in, they have these expectations. And part of that expectation is, oh, is this going to be like some other league, right? Where you see all the things that you don't want to see. And so it's important that I'm always communicating that I'm one person, but this is a culture and we have to. police each other so that we can maintain this culture. For example, with the officials, you know, me, I, I harp on it every year. I'm like, folks, those officials are part of our family. Yeah. They are part of our, they've been with us for 13 years. And the reason they come back is because they get to escape. All of that stuff exactly. that referees have to go yes. through in high school, junior high, and college. We offer them something that is truly an escape, and that is something special. But then you think about that, you go, that is sad, because there's no reason with a little effort and a little bit of passion, because I had to imagine, I'm not the only one on this planet Earth that feels this way. And as passionate for kids that couldn't do this in whatever avenue it would be, whether it's a different sports camp, like you said, whether it's in school. I mean, life skills are everything. Everything else we do are simply vehicles to get there.
1: Absolutely. Which I totally love. And this is giving me the opportunity now to speak about my own children, which we all love to do. Do it. (laughs) And also (laughs) to say that. I'm a big believer in I don't know why we don't have more kind of personal development type programs for kids in school. And I'm working on one I told you before we hit record that I'm working on one right now for my charter school, piloting with seventh graders on the student government. And it's gonna be really interesting. It's kind of like a twist on Kobe's mama mentality for kids and youth. And, you know, that'll be a whole podcast episode. So I'll tell everyone about that at some other point. But right now we're in the where you were, you know, the first year of buzzer ball. It's like, let's get a small group of kids. Test it out, try it out, keep it adapting and changing. But I want to tell the story of my two children. I mean, I could go on forever, but I'll do it briefly. So Kyle has been doing buzzard ball since league, since kindergarten. And I believe the summer league, summer camps, at least yeah. kindergarten, first grade. For, and, and this kid...
2: Hey, he's up there in the top
1: five. I mean, okay. you know. That's what I thought. And this is the kid that, you know, we tried to have a diverse experience for him. You know, he's in first and second grade, like art camp, drama camp, science camp. <laughs> you ruined our lives because from here on out, it was like, nope, I'm not doing anything at buzzer ball and I'm doing double if I can. And like, right. So he literally would do it all summer because he loved it because it was so much fun. And because he had so much fun, because he got better at basketball just by playing basketball and because he just... He absolutely loved it. And Kyle's the type of kid that if it's not fun and challenging for him and interesting, he'll just check out. So like yeah. the drama camp was literally a lot of drama for us. Like, he's like, I'm not going back, you know, like I'm not doing the performance and we're like, Oh gosh. So we always felt like we could drop him off. He'd be really safe. He'd have a great time. And so that's the Kyle story, which he's now, you know, got one more year, right. Cause he's going to be in eighth grade. Yes. But Ella is the story that is so fascinating. So telling the Ella story. And I think, I'm telling the story because I love my kids, but I also want to highlight when you have a culture and an environment that lets kids thrive and sees them for who they are and gives them that stretch, that rubber band, a little bit of stretch. So about three years ago, I believe Ella was supposed to go with her cousins at the time yes. they were in Maryland. Now they- live. I remember this, remember this like this? it was yesterday. <laughs> yes. And, you know, my wife was trying really hard to like email you and get everything coordinated. And Ella said, no, I'm not signing up. I'm too, am too shy. Right. We convinced her to sign up because her cousins were coming. We convinced her to go to the building. And I can't remember which time this was, but what your memory is. But if I remember correctly, she would not even go on the court. She came inside the building, which I think took us an hour to get her in the the car, out the car in the building. And then she wouldn't go onto the court. And then I think her cousins were also really nervous because she was nervous and they had never played basketball. So they were overwhelmed. So nobody ended up going, I think, to that camp. Maybe her cousins did, but Ella definitely did not participate in that week. He did not. I was coming over 17 times. I was trying to walk up to you. I was walking up to the coaches. We were kind of, everybody was trying all of our educator tricks and this girl was not having it.
2: And, and I want to interject one thing. Yeah, so please. taking that example right there without going down a rabbit hole, <laughs> that's that's very important for me because I will let parents know it's okay. So one of the policies mm-hmm. I have with my business is I give full refunds. Yeah. So someone pays, it doesn't work out. I'm giving you a full refund. And I know a lot of businesses don't do that. I don't know why, you know, because right. I, I think about that. I'm like, that's not a hard thing to do. And it's the right thing to, do, the right thing to do, right? Yeah. Because um, it just is. And so yeah. I, what, what I'm saying is like, yeah. you know, you paid for that. And it was like, okay, no problem. Yeah, we'll give you that back. When Ella's ready, yeah. We'll be here ready for her. And that's, I'd love being able to say that because nine times out of 10, that moment's going to happen, which happen. it did.
1: It really happened. And that's the, that's the punchline. And I love what you're saying about this, because again, it goes down to the values and the culture, which is like, what's the right thing to do? Not right. have some sort of bureaucratic policy and rules where you're like, well, if you had told me on day 42, I would have given you the, no, it's like the right thing to do is the kid never showed up to camp Right. You didn't get the service, you didn't get the product, so therefore you get the refund. So I appreciate that. Okay, so the Ella story is, fast forward to this summer. I think last summer, she had two or three, she wanted to do the all-girls. This summer, she said, oh, I'll just sign up for the all-girls and maybe one other like camp with Kyle. And then this girl, <laughs> we had a joke because I kept telling you, she's coming back, she's coming back. And I even told you, this is our last one. You said, well, I'll... I'll I, I said, I'll are you sure? It. And then <laughs> she did next week, <laughs> the last week. So basically this girl has gotten so confident from basketball in general. That helped her in general. But Buzzard Ball specifically really built her confidence. And she loves it there. She feels safe. You guys talk her up. You go on the microphone. You talk about how she, you know, saying things like, I can't wait to see her in high school. And your son and the other coaches are high-fiving her. And so that environment has... And I'm sure you have a 100 stories like this, hundreds. But for my daughter, that environment literally has changed her life. Like she is so happy. And she's so much more confident now because she had the experience in the summer yesterday. She said, summer's the best season. I said, why? It's so hot. She goes, buzzer ball. (laughs) This is before she knew I was. And you know what, David, that is the ultimate compliment, the ultimate
2: that right there, whether it's coming from you as a proud father or from Ella. And I can echo exactly what you're saying because watching Ella this summer was just, it was truly magical. Like, cause I remembered that exact moment that you were yeah. talking about when she just was like paralyzed to come in and um, to see what she did this year. was just, it was truly remarkable and just a true Testament to what really we're trying to do with our program.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, the fact that she feels safe, the fact that she felt like she could be herself Yeah, you know, and that's, and I can tell you from many other experiences in her school, her different teachers and grades, and well, it's not always a teacher, but whatever, in her school and, and sometimes in other experiences she's had, because she's the quiet kid and I was the quiet kid. right? People don't even notice her, yeah, right? So that didn't happen at Buzzard Ball. Yep. You guys noticed her, you encouraged her and right. she blossomed. So I think it's a great example for anyone listening for whatever you're doing when you're thinking about working with kids is that, if you can really reflect your greatness and your values and the space you're creating for kids, which I feel like you do, Steve, then the kids will rise to the occasion and they'll do amazing things.
2: Yeah. And think about it. I I mean, this stat has always stuck with me. I think in my early years of teaching and that was, you know, just a high five for a kid is a positive touch. And there are many children who just don't get that positive touch. (laughs) So if you can just give them a high five or even look them in the eye and smile, go as far to just say, hello, how are you doing? It's like, think about that. That's a simple thing to do that can make a huge change. And so I just really I try to stay attentive to that. And, it, you know, it's interesting having going back into the P.E. world uh, yeah. at teaching and stuff. It's been a transition for me. And I actually had to remind myself like Steve, Steve. These are kids. You love these kids. Yeah, yeah. Don't get so caught up in the trying to establish the routine and everything. Like these are kids. And and I did that and it's weird. This week has been tremendous. This is our third week of school and it's just been a great week. I just like just for that reason of going, okay, easy. It's going to be fun. Don't worry about. It. This going to be it'll be a good experience.
1: Yeah, and I feel like, you know, hearing you talk about the high fives reminds me so my favorite mentor who is actually created, he was a principal when I was a teacher years ago, and he's created a social emotional learning program that we use at my school. And it's used across multiple, I think a hundred schools now it's called the circle. uh, It's called Valor circle. It's Valor collegiate school. And then the circle is the program he's created. And he would talk to me regularly about the study they did on high fives. (laughs) He was an all American athlete. So he'd always bring in this kind of stuff, but he talked about how, I think it was an, if I remember correctly, it was, they did it in the MBA. And they literally had people sitting there and watching how many high fives they did on which teams. Oh, wow. And the teams that had the most high fives had the best culture. I mean, it's, it's so obvious, right? And they wow. also had the best records. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, a great story? but it makes sense. It makes sense because yep. that physical touch and that energy and the yep. momentum and the positivity actually translates to success, which you're seeing with buzzer ball. And then the other story he would always tell me is they did research on it's a five to one positive. If you say five positive yes. things for every negative, yeah. then it sticks with the kids and it helps them because the brain, like I talked about, the brain is wired to see the negativity and fear and keep us safe. So if you can five to one, so he would literally walk around with his clipboard. And when we were teaching, he'd come in and he'd just notice and he'd be like, I heard four corrections and one positive. you got to do the other way around. Five yeah. positives, one correction. And we're like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, and those types of small things are what create ella coming out of her shell and you know going off against eighth grade girls and coming home and telling me yeah i was scoring against eighth grade girls today (laughs) (laughs) but anyway yeah so it's it's what it's the little things that you've created that make a huge difference in and that story you said about you know the upset parents like you're bringing that through every element of the program so it's with the coaches that have already been through the experience right as kids so now they love it too your own kids so obviously they're you know bought in and then you have parents have been around for a long time like me and so you end up having this culture and and it's interesting interesting that you said with the league i did observe more emails coming from you and i was i was like oh i bet you there's more going on behind the scenes here because he's expanded and people come in with a certain expectation of what this league's going to be or we yell at the referee you know they tell us not to yell not to yell at the referees but they don't really mean that it's like no at buzzer ball actually we really do respect the referees. And it's, you know, what do you always say to the kids at the end of each camp, the three lines?
2: Oh yeah. Be a good sport, play hard, have fun. And always remember what it's just, it's a, just game. a
1: game. <laughs>
2: right, so, and Guess what? That is true for the parents as well. You know, whether they're yeah. coaching or if they're in the stands and stuff. And that's like, it's just so important to me. And I, I admit, I get to a point where I'm like, You know, some people get it. Some people don't. And the people that don't, uh, they're probably not going to cross over to the other side. And I will tell you, I mean, we've had a handful of coaches over the 17 years. Um, I haven't had to have many talks. They've actually sifted their way out of the program. And I admit, I am not a guy of confrontation. I can't stand confrontation. (laughs) And so my actually, my boys have helped me with that. They're all, Dad, you need to be a little bit more direct (laughs) these things, (laughs) because they do matter. And they, They if you let this get out of control, then it's going to snowball into something that's not going to be good, you know, because we have had things happen and they do when you have that amount of people. And so just being on top of that and stuff, but for the most part, like we have incredible volunteer coaches and it's really just educating all of them on yes. What, why is it different with buzzer ball than it is when you go play AAU or another rec program? There's the reason we do what we do. I mean, yeah. So yeah,
1: no. And I see it. And I would always talk about when I train teachers or train leaders, especially educators, I always say at the schools I've run that always that do the best, you know, the feeling of the culture within five seconds of walking in the building. I agree. It's like somebody greets you. Somebody's high-fiving as you walk by the kids are smiling. The kids are not, you know, all controlled and there's more freedom and flow. And you wow. just kind of see that and you feel it. And so I feel like that's similar with buzzer ball. And sometimes we forget, we think about all the tactics and the transactions and the program and the, you know, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. And we forget that actually with the magic, like you said, you're back and teaching with middle schoolers and you're worried about the routines and this and that and the lesson plan. And you're like, oh, wait, it's actually the magic of the culture that's going to create the best environment for these kids. All right. So as we wrap up here, Steve, I wanted to just touch on you have a great combination of educator, entrepreneur, small business owner. And I feel like a lot of people would maybe do one of those things. <laughs> they might be an athletic director for so many years and then maybe say, Oh, I'll do something You know, else. Some people might be like, Oh, I'm going to go on all in on the entrepreneurial front. I'm going to be a small business owner, but you're managing to do all three, three of these at the same time. And I said at the beginning that I love that you're saying like, Hey, I don't have to just be one. I don't have to niche down on, I'm no. going to be a DJ. I'm going to be Athletic, or I'm gonna, you know, but you're actually sharing all your talents or the ones you really love. And so, just tell us a little bit about that and and what's that lifestyle like?
2: Yeah, I love being an entrepreneur. And it's interesting because for, you know, most of my life, you know, I I spent 26 years at St. Michael's. And so I always thought that was the nine to five, but yet I was doing all these things on the side. And, you know, the biggest question you always get how do you have time to spend time with your family? Well, I carve it out. Okay. I don't need to, I'm not gonna kind of map it out for you, but it, you know, our family does it. what we do because yeah. we understand what I'm all about. Cause the big thing I told my wife is if you do not want to work, I'll take the load Yeah. because I want you, if you want to be, to be the best mom that you can be, well, guess what? That's worked out for us. Yeah. Right. And so for me, I do believe that you could do multiple things and be good at them because yes. Uh, What I try to do is just take all these values that we talked about with the uh, overhanging word experience, and that's what I bring into everything. So when I DJ, I want to make sure it's a great experience, whether it's me, the music, whatever. I want people to feel good going out. I primarily do weddings now because I've gone from all the parties and stuff. You know, I did kid birthday parties. Nobody in Sacramento was doing kid birthday parties. I was the only guy doing it. I'm like, hey, PE teachers, wake up. This is a great side hustle. (laughs) But really, that's what got me going to the DJ part of it. And now, you know, when I do weddings and I talk to couples and stuff, I'm like, I want to make sure this is a great experience, right? That I'm more than just playing music. There's so much more to right. being a DJ in a wedding. When I auctioneer, well, my gosh, that's play-by-play. That's yeah. play-by-play. I just bring that yes. in. And so it really helped me. I went to auctioneering school to kind of hone my craft. But for me, that's like as close to play-by-play as I can get. But yet mm-hmm. I'm bringing a different experience that yes. you know people can get. So just really hanging on that word. And then the podcast... You know, I just wanted to make sure it was just a great podcast and an opportunity where I get to talk to people like you, because you've been a guest,
1: 50. That, I there you numbers. go. That's right. That was like <laughs> kind of the big
2: iconic one. So, but talking to people like you, where I know because of what I do, I do not get an opportunity to drill down with people. Right. I am the first one to admit I have a lot of surface relationships and that's not, it's not great. I'm not, it's not something I'm proud of, but my family comes first. And so if I'm dedicating my time to all these things, I do that time that I do have, I've got to give that to my family and I have no shame in in saying, okay, well, I have surface relationships. My wife and I joke that we have no friends. That's because (laughs) we just love being together or being family. And that's really what that means. But The way I look at it is because through the work I get to do, yes, there's surface relationships, but I really get to just develop these amazing relationships with people like you. Yeah. Like my my first memory of you is when you coached the Pacers. I don't know why third and fourth grade okay. because you had I gave you that unique group of St. Michael's boys. Okay, and I remember because I saw something in you. I said, okay, these kids will benefit from David being their coach. And you know what? To this day, they've always made comments to me. So like just developing these amazing relationships, whether it be basketball, whether it be through DJing or auctioneering, where I'm in the community at schools and stuff, that's how I look at it. Like I don't have to go too deep and stuff. But yeah, I can still maintain those great relationships.
1: Okay. I love this because... I I was just editing and taking notes on my episode next week or next week. This, it won't be when this one runs, but it's, it's going to be the one that goes on September 6th. Okay. And that episode is talking about how I'm asking people to really get clear on what they love, what they're passionate about, and then to reflect on the threads throughout their life that have been consistent. So for me, I shared, okay, it was, you know, it's always coaching, teaching, innovating in some way and kind of visioning for the future. Like those are my threads. It's like, give me somebody to coach or teach. Give me something to vision about. Give me something to disrupt or innovate against, right? Or with... And so when I think about you and your story, it's like, okay, this has been a thread throughout your life. Okay, well, he was a broadcaster. Now he's not. Well, yeah, but he still is using the skills from being a broadcaster. You know, now you're doing the auctioneering. Like you said, it's like play by play. And, but yet there's a thread, which I feel like is the essence, which is the experience yep. and your heart, which is taking care of people, loving people that comes through for all of them. So you're doing a DJ, you're DJing, you're going to create an experience. And this is a day that i never forget, right? You don't want to be the DJ that like just kind of goes up, shows up and leaves. Right. So it's like, you're going to give them an experience. If it's a kid's basketball league, they're going to have an experience and remember it forever. I remember when um, Ella was at golden one and I believe Dylan was on the audio yeah. he was like, I remember when I was here, you know, like he's talking about something right. 10 years ago. And yeah. so you're giving them an experience in everything that they do. And that's kind of like the, the heart of what you're doing, which again, is a reflection of you and your values. And it's why you love what you do. Like we started with, because it probably doesn't even feel like work sometimes. It just feels like you're doing what you love, right? Oh,
2: absolutely. Cool. And even though I retired from teaching, and and by the way I'm back in for a year. I'm actually helping mentor my son Max who will take over the that position. So it's a very special situation. But when I retired from St. Michaels I was curious about how I would feel. Yeah. Like would I be missing something? And what I realized is like no because I'm still doing those things it just looks yes. a little bit different, yes. right? And so that's I'm I'm very happy about it because I was I was I was a little fearful of what that feeling would be like, you know, being removed from teaching on a day-to-day basis. But I'm like, oh man, I just get it in so many other ways that uh, it it feels like I haven't
1: missed a beat. Yeah. Well, it's been awesome chatting with you today. Last question is, where can people find you? I think it's just you have it all on one website, correct?
2: Yeah, I think the best way is just go to buzzerball.com. Um, okay. I actually have three websites <laughs> because <Okay. laughs> I have one for basketball. I have one for DJ. And okay. the quick on that was because at one time it was buzzerball.org. And yeah. when you go to it, you'd see basketball and weddings like, hmm, and this and that. Me. And I could only imagine in my mind if you were a bride and you were trying to find a wedding DJ. what's <laughs> right. this basketball stuff, right? <laughs> so I had to separate it all. But if you go to buzzerball.com, that is the umbrella for yeah. everything that I do. And on Instagram, Buzzerball Experience, uh, there, and I only use one platform. I I kind of learned that over the years that try not to like spread myself too thin. Just go with the gram. If you don't follow yeah. on the gram, that's okay. Go to the website, you know? So
1: yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, Steve, it was a pleasure. I knew it would be a great conversation. Thank you so much.
2: Oh, thank you, David.
1: It was an honor. Thank you for listening to the Changemaker EDU podcast. Every guest and listener is a valued part of this co-creation. We're honored that you listen and we hope that this helped you in some small or big way today. This is a community and a movement. And without you, it wouldn't be possible. If you want to learn more about me, go to davidkrichards.com. And as always, if you're so moved, please rate and review the podcast. And finally, our greatest compliment is when you share an episode with someone who you believe will benefit from the message. Sending you immense love and courage today. Thank you.
0: Do you want to save time on prep work, increase student achievement for all of your students, reliably meet tier one standards? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com B to learn how IXL's research proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve these goals.